Hello and welcome back to the Beginners SEO Podcast with me, Phoebe Gale, the owner of The Plan Success. This is your, well, it, it is what it says on the tin, you know, it's a Beginners SEO Podcast. And today we're going to be talking all things e-commerce and specifically Shopify, but all these tips are definitely going to be helpful if you have an e-commerce site. It's just that I see a lot of people when they start an e-commerce site, they start on Shopify. So I thought that's why I would tailor it to that. Okie dokie, let's jump right into it. So if you don't already have your Shopify website set up, um, then really pay attention. And if you do, maybe you might want to reconsider um, your site architecture after you hear this point. But when I say architecture, I mean structure. I mean how people get around your website. Imagine your website as a spider diagram or a family tree. That's your site. Stru- that's your site structure or your site architecture. And what we want for Shopify is we want a flat and wide. You want your homepage at the top where someone lands, or maybe they land on a different page, but wherever someone lands, you want them to get to another part of that family tree really easily in just a few clicks, max four clicks. I want to be able to get to any part of my shop within a few clicks, okay? And the easiest way to do that is to have your homepage at the top and then underneath you want to have your categories and then underneath your categories, you're probably going to have your um, products, And this is something you will need to spend some time planning. Um, Yeah, I would say this is really important actually, because it does involve a layer of keyword research. Now, if you've already got your site structure set up and you didn't do your keyword research, don't panic, not the end of the world. But ideally, you do want to have a think about your keyword research from the beginning, because when you name your categories... Um, that's going to be in your URL, i.e., you know, mydomain.com forward slash, and then it'll usually have the category name, say um, it'll have sofas, and then it'll be forward slash L-shaped sofas. And you can see there, obviously, it's set up for SEO there, isn't it? Because you know, saying what the category is, nice and simple for Google bots. Because obviously, I'm not trying to rank for sofas. I mean, I've seen an ideal world, I would, but that's very competitive. (laughs) But at the very least, it explains what the category is to Googlebot. So they understand that L-shaped sofas are part of the sofas category and therefore will help boost the overall SEO. So when you're thinking about your category names, you do really want to sort of incorporate some keyword research in there. Keep it descriptive, keep it simple. Basically, what I don't want you to do is name your categories after your something to do with your brand, um, unless you've got a very well-known brand, in which case be my, be my guest. But if I, for instance, you know, I was a sofa company or a home furniture company and just for fun, we called our sofas like Kazam sofas, whatever, (laughs) then it wouldn't really be beneficial for SEO to put in my category Kazam sofas forward slash L-shaped sofas, because it's just going to confuse Googlebots. Basically, URLs 
are not the place to put your branding in unless you've got very good brand awareness already and people are searching for those brand terms. Um, Okay, so sorry, that got a bit distracted there. But basically, yes, you want your site structure to be flat and wide is kind of a good way of describing it. And if you don't believe me on why it's important to have that, think of the future you. You want something that's scalable. And when you're not thinking of always making sure you've got this family tree with just a few layers to it, and yours is all higgledy-piggledy, in the future, as your business grows, it's going to get very complicated on where you're adding different subcategories, categories, news pages. Perhaps you're also adding a sort of knowledge hub there, or you've got FAQ sections. It just becomes very complicated very quickly. And it's difficult for um, Google bots to understand. It's difficult for your users to understand. But if you've always thought of your site structure from the beginning, it's just a lot easier to grow your business. So I really do urge you to think about your site architecture. And if you've, you know, haven't done the best job in the first place, then now might be the time to revisit that and see if you could perhaps change your site architecture at all. And if you do change any pages, make sure you're using redirects in there. That a redirect is when you are saying to Google, hey, this page has changed. So when someone lands on forward slash old page, they now, when they click on that page, they now land on forward slash new page. That's all the redirect is. And when you're changing URLs, make sure you put redirects in there. Most um, Shopify platforms, WooCommerce, um, Squarespace, Wix, whatever, they have tools that you can do redirects pretty easily. So now moving on, now we've sort of got our site architecture sorted. It does really kind of come down to keyword research. Keyword research can be a bit of a minefield if you don't know what you're looking for and you don't know, you know, how complicated, um, how difficult a term is. You can, a lot of people I see, they think they know keyword research, but actually they're choosing way too competitive words because they don't quite grasp the concept of competitiveness. Um, I do go over keyword research, teach you exactly how to do it step-by-step for free in my course. So go check that out. But in the meantime, um, a good way to do keyword research if you don't know what the hell you're doing (laughs) and maybe you don't have time to do a quick course, um, a good idea to do is look at your competitors, reverse engineer what your competitors are doing. Also go back and check out my free competitor analysis episode a couple episodes ago. Um, that will teach you, you know, how to sort of look at competitors, see what they're doing for SEO and how to identify the keywords that they're using. But if you don't know what you're doing for keywords, look at competitors. And when I say competitors, I always mean your level competitors. Amazon is not your competitor. You're just never going to compete with Amazon. Sorry, that's a really kind of harsh thing to say. (laughs) People can. I've got one client, actually, they have a niche product and they actually are beating Amazon, but it's taken time and money to get there. Instead, a much easier avenue to go down is find the sort of niche products the niche areas that you can compete on, the ones that Amazon aren't doing so well. Um, Find businesses like that and use them as inspiration. Use them to reverse engineer to decide on your keywords. And you need your keywords for your categories, your subcategories, and then your product pages as well. And 
as a general rule um, for small businesses, it's a lot easier to rank for your niche products as opposed to your categories. Ranking for your category pages will come over time. But as a general rule, it's easier to start getting traffic directly to your product pages, which is why it's so important to optimize your product pages. In fact, you want to optimize all your pages on your website, you know, your home page, your about us page, your category pages, your subcategory pages, and your product pages. But spend the most time on your product pages, really make them stand out. How are you going to do that? Don't worry, I'm here to tell you. Okay, so a perfectly optimized sort of e-commerce product page, you've got your meta title, which will, it should involve your keyword in there. Your meta title can also be called by page title, title tag, and that's the thing that search engines read, and it's what shows up on the Google search results. That title that you see for each page is the meta title, title tag, page title, whatever one you want to call it. So it's got a perfectly optimized title tag with the keyword in it, But importantly, your meta title also needs to have sort of enticing language in there that will get people to click through. For instance, if you're running a sale on your very niche wicker lamp, um, then your wicker floor lamp, because obviously I've got a wicker floor lamp that I'm looking at right now. (laughs) I need to change the rooms for these recordings because... (laughs) I get bored of the inspiration of looking around the room for what I could talk about. But um, so anyway, I've got this wicker floor lamp product and it's ranking okay. um, But we're actually going to run a sale on it because it's coming up to Black Friday or something. So I can put, you know, buy wicker floor lamp um, Australia delivery. And then I would put a little hyphen and I would put, say, something like 30% off. And that putting that 30% off means that when someone is searching on Google for wicker floor lamps and they come across my result, which one are they going to be more likely to click on? Mine, which has 30% off or the one below it, which doesn't have any mention of a sale. They've just said, you know, wicker floor lamp, Sydney, whatever like that. Mine's going to be more enticing with that 30% off. Other things you could use are things like free delivery, fast delivery, excellent customer service, um, voted best. If you have been voted best, please don't lie. Um, Things like that, uh, you know, uh, affordable, uh, great quality, luxury. Perhaps if you're a luxury brand, think about adjectives um, that will get people clicking through that resonate with your brand as well. So your meta title is a place where you want to combine your keyword, but also use a bit of sort of advertising copy knowledge in there to get people clicking through. Also the same with your meta description or your page description, the same kind of thing. You want to involve your keyword in there, but also what kind of points can you put in there to get people clicking through? So they're very important parts of your product page. Then you've obviously got your product title. And again, this needs to involve your keyword in it. And then you've got your description. And I would say this is where you can stand out in the sea of sort of e-commerce websites out there. You can make your description really sort of resonate with your brand. You can really talk to people. Don't make it about the product. Make it about how the product can help them. Why is this the best wicked floor lamp for them? Um, really kind of lean into your individuality as well, because there's lots of wicker floor lamps out there, but there's no one else selling wicker floor lamps 
by you except for you. People like relationships with their customers. So really, you know, get sort of individual with these descriptions, make it a personal transaction. Also, images. This is where images are super important to stand out with e-commerce. And this is where kind of drop shipping sites fail because often they don't even have the product. They are just got their product in a warehouse somewhere else and they're selling it without even ever seeing it. But hopefully your e-commerce store are your own products that you, you know, store in your own warehouse, whatever. You really want to be taking time to take excellent original photos with the best lightings. Um, We should actually probably do an episode on how to take good photos for your website because Google loves original content. In a sea of stock images, your original image stands out. Can't stress that enough. Taking good quality photos for your stock is imperative. It also sells so much better. You're going to convert a lot better with a well-taken photo that shows my wicker floor lamp in all the angles with a lovely sort of in a lovely living room. It's going to sell a lot better than some sort of standard wicker floor lamp photo that I got off Amazon because I'm dropshipping this product. Um, speaking of images, make sure they're optimized for SEO. So that means the right size. They're not too big. As a general rule, keep them under 150 kilobytes. Um, serve them in a format like WebP if you can. Shopify, I think, might already convert them to that, which is good. Make sure you're naming your image files with your keyword in them. So descriptive wicker floor lamp with the height and size, whatever, what color it is. And then also make sure you're using alternative text tags for your images. Again, putting in the keywords there. Other things you can put on your product page to get people clicking through is some extra content type, you know, with FAQs, or perhaps you could link to blog posts which feature your wicker floor lamp. Say you've done sort of a guide to um, 10 living room ideas for a small apartment. Um, you can all know I live in a small apartment now. <laughs> so 10 living room ideas for a small apartment. And then you could include uh, your wicker floor lamp in that blog post. And then on your product page, you can link to that blog post as well just to get people on the page more, you know, trying to just boost that customer journey as much as possible. FAQs are a really good way to do that. You know, what's the size of this um, wicker floor lamp? Does it come assembled? Um, How long is delivery? How long, how much is shipping, average shipping costs? All these things is information that you can put on your product page. Testimonials, reviews are super important. If you don't have heaps of reviews, so you haven't got Trustpilot set up yet or something like that. And if you do have Trustpilot, make sure it's linked to your website. But if you don't have Trustpilot set up, just in, you know, put in your like personal testimonials you've got got from customers. That's what I do on my website at the moment. I just, you know, when I finish with a client, um, normally they'll say something nice. And then if I remember, I try and put it on my website because every testimonial counts. It helps boost your credibility and it helps boost your conversion rates as well. Um, final word, make sure in your description that you're using keywords. Don't stuff those. So that's why I kind of just putting in the t- putting it at the end because I don't want you to put your keyword freaking everywhere on the page. No, it all needs to be natural. Um, and that is kind of, this is quick, but I feel like I don't want to overload you, um, 
let me know if this is too beginner for you actually. But let's just quickly recap that. So keep your site architecture nice and flat. Do heaps of keyword research. Um, Check out my course if you want to learn how to do it properly and for free. Um, If not, competitor research, looking at competitors similar to you for your keyword ideas. Um, And then go ham on optimizing your product pages and category pages and subcategory pages. Um, And then apart after that, it all comes down to my standard SEO strategies because they work. Um, content marketing and PR, you know, getting your name out there, building a brand, Um, social media as well. All these things tie together to boost your SEO. I've got plenty of episodes um, on all these topics, so make sure you check them out. But that is all for today. Thank you so much for listening and catch you next time.